0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to Worship 365 2.0 where we are creating atmospheres of worship in the comfort of your own home. I invite you to sit back, relax, and experience what the Holy Spirit has to say to you on today. Welcome to Worship 365, for this is the day the Lord has made, and I am rejoicing, and I am glad in it. The mission of Worship 365 is to stir listeners to return to the posture of worship, and our focal point is to drive home that worship is not a slow song. It is a lifestyle posture before the Lord 365 days of the year. Returning as our guest co-host to Worship 365 is the Reverend Dr. Sebastian Holly, lead pastor of Unity Worship in Cartersville, Georgia, husband, father, entrepreneur, and best-selling author. His latest book is Jehoshaphat's Playbook: A Strategic Guide of a Worshiper. Welcome back, Dr. Holly.
1: Hey, how you doing? Thank you so much for having us again.
0: Yes, I'm so excited to continue our conversation that we began Um, On a previous episode, if you have not had a chance to listen to that, I strongly encourage you to listen back to season two, episode two, Jehoshaphat's playbook. It was really, really, really good. And as we were having the dialogue about authentic worship and connecting to God through an intimate relationship. I learned a lot about how worship is love responding to love. And I learned a lot about what Dr. Holly calls the loved li- the love lift um, and how that love or our worship produces the song, not the other way around. And so those mm-hmm. were some wonderful nuggets from Jehoshaphat's playbook. And I really, really want you to go back and listen to that if you have not had a chance to do so. One of the things that Dr. Um, Holly mentioned also on the broadcast is that we were made for more. And so I really wanted to lean into the authority of a worshiper today and really talk about what that looks like, because sometimes You know, we uh, encounter opposition and we know that's a part of being a a soldier in the army of the Lord. But a lot of times people don't understand that we were made for more. We were made for authority. We were made to um, be able to stand uh, against all the fiery darts of the enemy. And so, Dr. Holly, let's let's lead in with that question and, and, and just talk a little bit more about the truth of who we are. And the authority that we have as worshipers.
1: Amen. I, uh, I could start off by <clears throat> explaining the fact that um, our authority or our responsibility to walk in dominion is talked about in Genesis is talked about again, very clearly in Psalms chapter eight and also in Hebrews. So that mean, pretty much covers the entirety of the, of the text or the scriptures. Uh, so. Uh, I think that most believers have some sort of ideology concerning their Christian relationship that keeps them from owning the fact that we were made for authority we were made and given the responsibility of dominion. We have a responsibility to reign with Christ. It's not about your comfort. It's not about what you can obtain, what you can gain, you know, or your personal affirmation as much as much as much as it's about your responsibility to walk out the design of God in your life. Um, and, and that's a very big point. You follow me. Um, you have to really re-examine what you believe and why you believe it um, and, and see if it's in sync with the design of God for your life.
0: Mm-hmm. So And thinking about re-examining what we believe, you know, how would you encourage people to start with that? Because in order to really gain access to the authority that we have as worshipers, that's a very critical component to be able to examine what you believe, why you believe, how you believe, so that you can... um, move from the facts versus the truth, which is something that you also talk a lot about in, um, in your teaching as well as in Jehoshaphat's playbook.
1: Amen. I, um, I, would, I would say at first, my, my attitude that I approach this, um, this teaching about is the fact that I believe that most people have a surface level or a pretentious um, relationship or that's where they're operating the relationship from, which most of the time creates a religious consciousness or some religious construct that we function and operate from. And and that's really important, really valuable because anytime there is this surface level pretense, you know, that we're trying to operate the relationship, there's always going to be a qualification based thinking in your subconscious or in in your um in your mind about uh, approaching the relationship. And as a result of that, you Make you the focus, your efforts the focus what you do and don't do the focus, you know, which becomes very legalistic. And so it's very hard to have a real genuine relationship in this legalistic posture. Mm -hmm. And so most people have to approach the text and they have to leave these contexts out. You can't approach the text with these all all, with these predetermination, these these presuppositions already in your thinking in order uh, to be able to get a clear interpretation of what God's intention is from the text. That's the that's the first things. I don't think most people have enough questions when they leave reading or when they leave studying the Bible. You know, they don't have enough questions. They have because they have these presupposition presuppositions or these predeterminations, you know, they they leave the questions, they leave the Bible without questions because mm-hmm. they've already interpreted according to where they think they are.
0: Mm-hmm, you feel mm-hmm. me
1: or interpreted God according how, according to their design and and that's the biggest problem if I can leave the text with more questions if I can ask more questions of God if I can insist even on things that we uh, generally assume we have assumptions we've built about certain ideas and different things like that challenge those assumptions even within yourself because you're not finding security within dogma or doctrine you find security within the intimacy of the relationship That is what qualifies you as a worshiper, period. You follow me? Now, dogma, doctrine, information, revelation, all of these ideas and things begin to grow from this already established truth of connection or reconciliation.
0: Amen. And so when you talk about that qualification-based thinking, can you explain to our listeners what that means exactly? Because I think sometimes we use terms, um, and people are like, oh, that sounds good. But what does that mean exactly? Mm-hmm. Qualification based thinking.
1: Amen. So here's the reality of it Jesus, Jesus the Christ, you know, uh, suffered, He died, right? That's where the qualification is established. And so if I'm going to receive that qualification, then my focus can't be on what I do or don't do. You know what I'm saying? To qualify or disqualify, my focus has to be on what He's done. Mm -hmm. And now my reaction to what he's already established becomes the faith to walk in that truth. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're settled or you stay stuck in this qualification based thinking where all of your energy and your efforts is about trying to gain a certain attitude from God or a certain response from God versus your responding to what he's already established.
0: Amen. Yeah, that's good. Um, And then another thing that you, you just mentioned before is a lot of times people will read the word of God but they'll leave with all these assumptions of what they believe that the word is saying rather than really leaning into the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal. That is the whole purpose of having the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is Mm -hmm. what it means for the scripture to come alive and for secrets to be revealed. And so when we leave it up to ourselves to interpret scripture and we don't have the Holy Spirit to help us understand, rightly divide the word of truth, bring revelation, bring light, then we're really, I guess, All we can do is interpret it for ourselves, right? And so let's talk a little bit about how the Holy Spirit (laughs) and how important the Holy Spirit is for us to walk in that authority as well as to be able to interpret the scripture, because I believe that that is the missing link so many times that people are not relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. They're relying on themselves, they're relying on works, they're relying on all of the religious things that they've been taught, and they're not leaning into or relying on the power of the Holy Spirit, which is what we need to be able to walk this thing out anyway.
1: Amen. So if you do have this this pretense of relationship um, and you do come to the equation with all your presuppos- presupposition and predetermined uh, ideas, praise God, even being indwelled with the Holy Spirit is now nullified because you're not mm-hmm. exercising the benefit of what you have. Mm -hmm. First and foremost. So the vast majority of people stay bound in a religious consciousness and pretty much idolatry. You know, what I'm saying, even though they have the Holy Spirit, praise God, Mm -hmm. is because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, a gentleman. Mm -hmm. He he doesn't force. You mm-hmm. find I me, mean, that's a big piece. And when we're talking about relationship, you have the vast majority of believers who don't even appreciate the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. They look at repentance totally wrong. They look at the opportunity to grow as a result of repentance totally wrong. You know, mm-hmm. and so they have walls up to defend versus being available to receive conviction and grow. Mm-hmm. that's that's the base that is the absolute simplest base and then when you start thinking about understanding god by the mind of god which is the holy spirit praise god now we're in a whole another equation you mm-hmm. know that most people don't even have the freedom to really embrace the wealth of this relationship that they have through god that's been solidified by you receiving a deposit of god in his very essence inside of you mm-hmm. that's big all by itself mm-hmm. you have the limitation of exercising the Holy spirit only through gifts, but never really walking in the Holy spirit that has given you this supernatural love. <laughs> That's huge. Because a lot of people, a lot of people they can operate gifts and be successful in operating gifts as a, as a point of qualification. And so now they weigh the sincerity of the relationship on how well they flow in their gifts, where well, you mm-hmm. can have an awesome gift and have faith to believe that gift operating and still be in a limited place in the relationship. The Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit is there to connect you with a supernatural love that gets you in the relationship so that your security is now established within the relationship and the intimacy. Your foundation is now established within the relationship and the intimacy. Now, gifts and everything else work from that as a consequence. (laughs) And that's a really big piece. So when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, even in understanding the Holy Spirit, people have a predetermined attitude about what the Holy Spirit is and what he does. And that causes them to miss the wealth and the holistic picture of what you've been involved in with God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And that's why we have so many people operating in gifts
1: without authority or without power. <laughs> that's where that's they can have power. Gifts work by faith. Gifts right. don't work. Gifts don't work about, by the legitimacy of your connection. You know what I'm saying? Or Paul would have never had to say, you know, do all things in love. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? The reality of it is is that we can function a gift and a gift can work. I mean, can literally work and operate effectively. And you can still be hateful, mean, Mm -hmm. you know, all this is real. You, You follow me? It's why you have people who seem like they're extraordinary in the operation of their gifts. And then you have to question the connection of their relationship with God.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so, so, so good. So what do you recommend? I mean, let's pretend we're having a conversation. A lot of the work that we do in the community um, is with the gifted, the mm-hmm. creatives, the people who, you know, they know they're called by God, they know they have a gift and gifts and callings are without repentance, but they're not really Seeing the authority, they're really not operating from that place of authority. What words of wisdom would you give someone who's saying, hey, I've been doing this all my life and I just seem to have maybe hit a glass ceiling or I'm not seeing the supernatural works of Christ as I walk out these specific gifts? I mean, you gave a lot of nuggets just previously to just really what that is, but what wisdom would you give those individuals that would cause them to really stop, turn and say, you know what, I really want to do this right.
1: Amen. Well, we have a few layers that we have to kind of unpack.
0: Mm -hmm. One,
1: we still have the vast majority of praise and worship leaders, um, leaders in churches that are, you know, still operating from a qualification based thinking. Mm -hmm. So their praise is not love responding to love. They Mm -hmm. feel like they're initiating praise and Mm. responding to what God has initiated. Mm -hmm. And that's really Mm -hmm. big. Uh, Another thing we have to understand that, uh, well, we have to understand very clearly um, the real power in purpose, the real power in identity, as foundational works. See, most people perceive the foundational works in gifts, but the mm-hmm. gifts are supposed to function out of your truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, you follow me, and so that's that's a really big piece, um, you know. To and, and then we're talking about the motive piece. What is mm-hmm. your reasoning for want to see the supernatural operate, operate in your life? Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, are you still trying to prove God in your relationship, or do you trust mm-hmm. God? That's really big because gifts are primarily for folks that don't trust God and want to see the power of God at work. That brings them into a place of affirmation or brings them into a place of truly being validated by the power of God, whereas a son or a daughter shouldn't have that same explanation. Now, my motive for the gift work is not to confirm God, right? But to, to literally affirm who I am in God. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And that's, that's really big. You know, mm-hmm. so th- these questions have to be worked out and answered in a within an individual's life. You know, what I'm saying again, mm-hmm. because if I'm trying to work work gifts to prove something,
0: mm-hmm. you know, what I'm
1: saying what 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 really is the motive? Mm-hmm. You know, again, we right back to focusing on ourselves, right back to trying to qualify. When mm-hmm. in all reality, we should be, you know, all the gifts working in our lives should be consequential. They should be a mm-hmm. result of truth being established, and I just flow. It's like mm-hmm. I remember. And I, and I hope this story is not too long but I remember awesome. um the first time that I um, um well actually it wasn't the first time but it was the first time outside of church it's been several years back it was first first time outside of church that this had occurred in my life I had a group of young ladies that um that um that I want to say was about 10, 10 to 12 of them um you know uh, had an individual within a house that they were praying for and trying to cast demons out of and mm-hmm. uh and they called me on the phone and it was they were all ladies they were intercessor group that um uh, that was operating on this level and they called me and it was like we need we need masculine authority in this situation we need um you know and this is just the language they used to me in the in the moment can you can you can you come and help us with this situation this young young lady has demons and whatever and we need to uh to deal with it. Praise God. And I said, yeah, I'll come. I just felt led of God that I should be a part of it. And as I began to drive toward the situation, I was about 30 minutes away. I began to pray. And God literally showed me an entire picture of the, of the, the situation. He showed me the entry point where the, the, uh, the demon possession came into uh, this young lady uh, and the hurt that was already there that had never been dealt with, you know, in uh, in real life. And, uh, and by the time I got there, I literally had a picture of the young lady, Um, And the young lady's mother, who at the time, I didn't know this was somebody's daughter. And the lady was one of the intercessors. You know, you follow me. I'm I'm thinking Mm -hmm. it's just somebody that called them to pray. And uh, and so I walked in and the picture looks just like what God showed me. The young lady, her hair was undone. She was just Totally discombobulated. I'm talking about speaking in some strange foreign language or whatever. Um, you know, and these women are all around her, grabbing her, holding her down, speaking in tongues and all these wonderful things or whatever. And I came, I said, let her, let her loose. Let her loose. In the name of Jesus the Christ, you are illegally operating this vessel. Leave. Just like that. No hollering, no yelling. I didn't go into tongues for 15, 20 minutes. And the child's total persona changed the whole nine yards. The, the spirit left. And she's just sitting there in the moment, praise God, uh, crying. That's exactly what happened. And then I and I asked the mother uh, who it was, you know, according to what God showed me, and um, to come into the room with me with the young lady. And um, and I told him, you know, fix her something. Eat. She's she's hungry. And I told the mother, I says, you know, this child is dealing with a hurt that you caused, you know, um, and and not to say too much, but the child had been molested by the mother's boyfriend when she was like 10 or 11 years old and the mother mm. didn't believe her. Um, mm. And that was the real weight of the hurt. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, of course the, the offense of what had actually taken place, you know what I mean? Against her, but more so the mother not believing her had created this opening for unforgiveness. And this is where this child was actually at,
0: mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. made
1: way for this, this occupancy uh, or whatever. And both of them, Immediately broke down, admitted to it, you know, and said, "This, that you're right. That I know that came from God because there's no other way you could have known that because they were from another city or whatever, and um, and all of this or whatever like that." And I also told, I said, "This child really is sick." You have to take it to the hospital. She's dealing with something in her stomach. I'm thinking it's ulcers. So take her back to the hospital. It's like we've taken it to the hospital three times. That's why we was thinking it was a demon, because the hospital kept sending us away and said there was nothing wrong. And sure enough, they took her back to the exact same hospital and the hospital verified that she had a problem with ulcers and had to and had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Because she was in this much pain from this. So We had three different layers of situations. My point in even bringing all of that up is that I didn't go in to try to make something happen. Yeah. I went in and agreed with what God had already established. Mm-hmm. When you have a mindset that's based out of qualification, then you're always trying to force instead of really truly operating faith. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the and this is the truth throughout our entire walk and through our entire worship. If I'm really going to own my authority, I got to agree with God and stop trying to make what I think needs to happen happen.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important for us. Number one, to know
1: what God's word says, so that we can agree that's, with what that's, that's <laughs> he's <right>. saying
0: <laughs> and have that
1: prayer life, having a mm-hmm. true prayer life. I mean, again. You're talking about another situation where the vast majority of believers pray out of their own ideology. They don't mm-hmm. expect to hear from God. You got churches that teach that God don't speak. These type of things are, are, are a real problem to real intimacy.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he does speak. And he Absolutely. does show. And his power does manifest, and you don't have to
1: be a dummy. I mean, like real talk. There's an intellectual piece to this, (laughs) and for people who have been called to that and to exercise their gifts in that arena, praise God. God wants Mm -hmm. you to be able to fully express your truth, how He designed you.
0: Amen, amen. (laughs) So I'm just gonna recap a couple things that I've heard. Yeah, I said a lot,
1: didn't I? Bless the Lord. You did.
0: You and I be writing so fast, (laughs) 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 and so Mm -hmm. I just wanna. I just want to recap, you know, just those nuggets of wisdom, if you're listening to the broadcast, and you're one of those individuals who, you know, number one, you're identifying what we're talking about, you're identifying that, man, I do have these gifts and these talents and these abilities, but I'm really not seeing the true manifestation of God's power and his presence and even hearing his voice with clarity and precision. You know, one of the things that Dr. Holly just said is number one, you need to examine your motives. You know, why is it that you do what you do? Why do you want to see God's power manifest through you, through your gifts, through your hands, through your spoken words? Why do you want that? And if the end result is not, I want to see people free. (laughs) I want to see uh, individuals walk in the fullness of who God called them to be. I want to see the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. You're not operating in the authority. You're never going to operate in the authority that God promised, because that is the only reason we're here on this earth is to fulfill the great commission, period. Anything else is just extra. And we we have to be so careful not to move into that place of idolatry. Anything else that we want more than God is idolatry. Anything we put in his place more than we put him in that place is idolatry. And so we really have to always keep in mind that our heart, the posture of our heart before the Lord, the things, the, the why we do what we do is so important to the heart and the authority of a worshiper. Another thing is that we have to, really pursue a love, a genuine love relationship with the father. I'm not talking about just saying I love you. I mean, really asking God to help you to understand the tangible weight of his love to really get into his word and really understand his character, his attributes, because his word teaches you so much about who he is. His track record is so, 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 so good. (laughs) That's why we have the old Testament and the new Testament. That's why we have to really understand what the word of God really is, it's not a history book you know, it's not filled with just great stories for us to be able to relate and and exegete amazing sermons it really is life it really is powerful. And we really have to become students of its holy word. We have to lean into the Holy Spirit. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit for revelation, for truth, for knowledge, and to be able to undo all of the, 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 the lies and the mistruths that we've been taught our whole entire lives. Because the word I'm telling you is sharper than any double-edged sword. And as God and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you the truth, then you'll begin to see the manifestation and the power of God operating not only through your gifts, but even through your spoken word. And so I want to wrap up this broadcast talking about the authority of a worshiper through our words, because a lot of times people don't understand that death in life is in the power of the tongue and that we can decree a thing and it shall be established on the earth. That is the truth of God's word. That's that's and that's a major truth. That we need to come into agreement with. The word of the Lord says, I can, you can decree a thing and it shall be established. One of the things, um, Dr. Holly, that the Lord gave me last week before the, I think that was last week, life is moving so fast before the ordination. Mm-hmm as I'm studying the book of Matthew, that is my foundational um, chapter of the Bible that the Lord always takes me to when he's wanting to reveal something new to me. And that's actually the chapter of the Bible that the Lord took me to when he first called me into ministry was the book of Matthew. And so I love Matthew. I love studying it. And every time I study it, the Lord reveals something different. I kid you not, every single time. Mm-hmm. And so this time it's like, I never got past chapter six for some reason because the Lord's like, I want to mm-hmm. show you something. And I kept reading and I kept reading. And I'm like, what is it the What are you trying to show me? And and when I finally got it and I finally saw it, I just laughed. And what he showed me is, before Jesus started his ministry, right after he was baptized by John the Baptist, the first thing that happened is he was sent to the wilderness, correct?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: And he was tempted by Satan three times. And each time he was tempted by Satan, do you know what his response was to Satan? Mm -hmm. It is written. Come on. Every single time. It is written. Second time, it is written. So with every challenge that the enemy presented to Jesus Christ, every offering, everything that he tried to offer him, everything that he tried to say to tempt him, the response of Christ each and every time before he said anything else is, it is written. He was basically reminding the enemy that he knew the truth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know what's written and I'm going to tell you what's written and you have to flee because the word of the Lord is what I'm standing on. And so one of the things that I have been really practicing here lately is when there's opposition when there's something that happens when there's something that I see or something that I feel I respond with an it is written Come on, and you can't respond with an it is written if you don't know what's written in the book <laughs> that's where your authority lies your authority lies in what was written Mm -hmm. And so what I want to do is I want to encourage you all out there today is you've got to have a it is written in your belly. You've got to know what the word of the Lord says about your life, your finances, your family, your health, every situation and circumstance that you may encounter. What does the word of the Lord say? And when you begin to decree and declare what the word of the Lord says and you agree with that, then you will begin to see the manifestation of God's promises because it's written. Come on. It's written, you know, and so I I just really wanted to share that because I think people have tried to make this thing so hard and so many people are so frustrated and they're wondering why things are not working. It's because you don't have a it is written in your belly. You're trying to practice what people are saying and what people are doing and emulating what other people are saying and doing, but you're not emulating the words of Christ. You're not emulating the word that has already been spoken. And I believe that when we see more people rise up into that authority, then we'll begin to see the world change around us. We'll begin to see the kingdom of God manifest on earth as it is in heaven. Do you agree?
1: Amen. Absolutely absolutely yeah
0: so that's so good i am um i'm stirred up i'm always stirred up when i talk to you when <laughs> <laughs> we get to talk about the word Amen. you know because it it is it's so transformative it is so life giving um, and I really want people to really understand that worship really isn't just about a slow song. <laughs> worship isn't about, you know, an album or a, a record deal or any of that stuff that doesn't make you great in the kingdom of God. What makes you great in the kingdom of God is knowing his word and having the intimate relationship with him where he can speak to you and through you and his right. power can flow through you. So the atmospheres can change and people's lives can be transformed. And that's what we're here to share with you on today pastor holly do you have any other closing remarks you want to leave anything that came up for you that you might want to share before we end the broadcast
1: amen i think the um um, to really deal with the line between those who are truly walking in truth and those who Mm -hmm. are still in their you know in a in a place in their process of god really shaping their understanding is going to require you know the intentional motive the motive truly being god Okay. You know, we were made to reflect the image and light of God. Our truth cannot exist unless God becomes our true focus. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the reality. So you have a lot of people that have misinterpretations of, of scripture and the word because they're still going to the word with their own context.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. When
1: you're supposed to get the context from God, that your mm-hmm. truth exists in how you truly prioritize toward God so that you're now available to understand God on God's terms.
0: Hey Amen. And Dr. Holly, you have another book called Motive Matters that deals with this very thing. Where can our listeners get a copy of your book, Motive Matters?
1: On uh, SebastianHollyMinistries.com, uh, the okay. resource page. Uh, we have um, five books there, I think, uh, posted and another book. That's um, six books that we just have not released yet, but okay. uh, it's on the way.
0: Amen. Amen. So I encourage you all, can you go ahead and just spell out uh, your name, the correct spelling of your first and last name with your uh, website so the individuals can go to your website and purchase the books, please?
1: Yes. uh SebastianHollyMinistries.com, S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N Holly, H-O-L-L-E-Y Ministries.com.
0: Amen. SebastianHollyMinistries.com. You want to grab that book Motive Matters. You want to grab that book, Jehoshaphat's Playbook. You want to grab all of these amazing. You have another one called Altered Altars, which mm-hmm. I know is powerful. <laughs> it's probably going to shake up some stuff in your life.
1: <laughs> and, it, and that was, that's the design, honestly, for yeah. um, for most of these ideas. You know, that's it's not your normal, um, um, quote unquote, Christian writing you know what i mean um mm-hmm. and in all honesty it's all about god it's all about the priority of christ right relationship with with the father through the son um it's i mean these these are absolutely uh solid points um you know the reason for the writing but at the end of the day it's written from a different position than what most mm-hmm. people exercise in american christianity
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's going to shift your paradigm for sure <laughs> amen amen i love that well i thank you so much again for just taking time out of your busy schedule mm-hmm. to chat with us on worship 365 today you know hope hopefully once you release the new book i'll, I'll have a chance to read it and then we'll jump in there and do another broadcast amen. around that amen. our goal is to see lives transform through embracing a worship 365 lifestyle amen All right, y'all. Well, you have tuned in to another amazing edition of Worship 365. I ask that you would continue to invite, continue to share these broadcasts specifically for those individuals who are just saying, you know what? I am trying to break through to the other side of this thing and I'm ready to embrace a Worship 365 lifestyle. Have a blessed and tremendous day.